relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. And then, so yes, it is Mike McGowan all by himself. Billy is not here. And if we're being honest, the episodes are getting better when Billy's not here and it's just me. He is away in Hawaii on his wonderful little uh, late late honeymoon, I guess is the best time to or the best way to say that. So I am doing an episode and this episode is a little break from our Colorado series. Me and Billy just went to MJ Biz. You guys listened to last week's episode where we were in the thick of it and broke it down like we were Hunter S. Thompson, which I'm sure we were nowhere near as good as the way he did it. But this week, if you've seen the name, you know what it is. It's Anna Kaplan from Sugar Top Bubbery. Oh. yes we are having some of the lovely people that we met and hung out with at mj biz on a few episodes just to talk about it and let our listeners in on kind of like what that's all about and um as somebody who's already been in our eugene season and as somebody who's been there for a while i think it's an important uh person to talk to and just kind of give a breakdown on mj biz this year and kind of maybe some of your experiences in the past you know this is not your first one you've been to many this is actually my second one so i can't say that i am versed in like you know five plus mj bizes or anything like that but um it's definitely my second time going, and um, I've heard many experiences from people in the past. I was laughing at you earlier, just to be correct, because you said bubbery instead of buttery, and so that's buttery. why I was laughing <laughs> when you first brought me on. I never, <laughs> I never get um, words correct on here to begin with, so that's Billy's usually, you know, the person. But yes, I, uh, I always call you Sugar Top, so that's where I get away with. Oh, I'm just giving you a hard time. You are definitely not the first person and not the last to say buttery wrong or spell it wrong. (laughs) STB is the best way to go. There you go. There you go. (laughs) But yes, thank you very much for being on this episode with us. Um, For those of you, she currently right now is in the middle of a venue and before we even hopped on, was just telling people, like, you got to go do this, you got to do this. Anna is one of the biggest business people I've ever met. Anytime you're having a conversation with her, she's usually moving five or six different mountains at the same time. So I appreciate you being on this uh, call with us. Oh, it is my pleasure. And you flatter me. Um, some would call it ADHD. Others would call it really, really great uh, multitasking. So I like, <laughs> I like to think of it as a little bit of both. But, um, no, it's fun. We're actually sitting in uh, the historic McDonald Theater in downtown Eugene right now, decorating for our big Tokes and Treats Halloween party that is coming up this Sunday. I have to give a shameless plug. Uh, we have had our treat route going for the entire month of October. It's been 14 dispensaries and 14 brands showcased on our passport route through Eugene. And so we'd like to culminate our entire trick-or-treat, tokes and treats route with a big old bash. Uh, we got the Motet and Medusa the Gangsta Goddess um, coming to lay down some incredible tunes. And we're just celebrating an amazing month of cannabis community here in Eugene. 
That's awesome. So this is like a harvest kind of party too. Is that kind of how it's built or it's just build trick or treat in, grab a bunch of cannabis products and, you know. Well, it's billed as the celebration of a month-long passport route. So similar to the way that people will do an ale trail for breweries, we do a dispensary crawl for dispensaries. And so you will pick up a passport at any of the participating dispensaries for the month of October. You'll make a purchase and that gets you a sticker for that dispensary on the route. If you buy a specific brand, you get a brand sticker as well. And then those passports are redeemable for incredible prizes like brand merchandise or custom glass bonds from Special K glass, um, uh, pint glasses, tote bags, t-shirts, tickets to this main event. So it's really just a way to support brands, support dispensaries, collect really cool merchandise and stuff, um, and support glass artists. Special K has been our um, featured uh, glass artist for all six years that we've had the route. So there's six songs that you could have collected up to this point. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it is of course a celebration of a harvest party because what time of the year for cannabis is this not a celebration of the harvest coming to an end, but um, it's really about community. And honestly, Halloween's just always been one of our favorite holidays. So when you have a favorite holiday, you have to ruin it by throwing a big uh, work-related <laughs> event around it. <laughs> but um, no, no, we love we love Halloween and, um, and it's really just been a way to celebrate. And that's why we have it always on Halloween day every year not necessarily the the weekend nights or things like that well that's what i was about to say you know i just threw a small little show in eugene at the hybrid which is also something that you're a part of but that was like 70 people and just me and b-dub just telling jokes out in the wilderness in the whitaker and that was (laughs) i was like this is so much i'm having to do with sponsorship people and like trying to make that and then you're doing this humongous conglomerate you know event you know pulling in many different partnerships so that's badass and amazing and just hearing you talk about i'm like oh shit that's a lot of work (laughs) it's definitely not uncomplicated but it really is gratifying to be able to see so many different businesses in our community supporting one another because it's not really often that you see different dispensaries recommending customers go visit other dispensaries and you know vice versa and really highlighting brands. So it's just it's been really fun. It's been something we've done now for six years. So I think I'm you know a little bit accustomed to the flow and it doesn't feel quite so overwhelming. But a seventy person event is nothing to uh, to you know. <laughs> what's the word it's nothing sneeze to at. Uh, that sneeze at exactly I was like I'm looking for what what that word is but either way no it's amazing and yeah it's been a lot of fun so and of course just to bring it back home coming literally off of MJ BizCon and stepping in Eugene and it's Halloween week has been extra spicy <laughs> the 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 overly amazing trip to MJ Biz which you know is it, I mean, there's very much I'm seeing parallels to uh, country fair as <laughs> it is the complete and other opposite. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> We're going to full circle it from our last chat. <laughs> it is the opposite, though. Jane West did hit me up and she said that she wanted to come to country fair with us the next time it's going. So I told her me and Anna would work on tickets for her and be dub um but yes what what were your feelings of mj biz this year oh man i would say for me this was one of the most rewarding and one of two and then my first one was rewarding as well but this one was really rewarding for me because the first time i went i was it was my first time i was the part of the initiative program which i think i've mentioned before which was a 
an accelerator program for female founders in cannabis. And I was really just sort of getting my, my feet wet and really understanding what, you know, an expansion for my company would look like and what the networking would, for that would entail. So I was there really getting just a, just a sense of what was out there. Um, and I was also a part of events that were happening with the initiative. So I felt sort of like, you know, cocooned, if you will. Like I knew what my agenda was. I knew what I had going on and then, you know, built fun things in around that too. But this time it was really, you know, me building my network, my meetings, my connections on my own, not a part of some, some other program. And it was really fun to just kind of feel self-realized and seeing like how many meetings that I did have to go to. And, you know, you always hear about setting things up in advance, but it really is true. You think you have so much time when you're there in Vegas because everybody's descending on this one place from all over the country. And the amount of time and space you have to be able to get around the strip for dinners or be able to, you know, meet people that are even in your same hotel becomes really difficult when you're bouncing (laughs) from one thing to another and also fitting in actually going to the convention on top of it. So I guess for me, it was really gratifying to be able to, you know, really build that schedule on my own as a business owner without the, you know, like I said, the cocoon of the initiative to sort of um, to set some of the priorities for me. Um, and also just to see how far I've come in two years, because this has been a break and this didn't happen last year because of COVID. And so two years of growth is a lot to sort of look back on and see how things have changed. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it was dynamic. It was super fun. Um, I had the opportunity to talk on a couple of podcasts actually live from the Florida MJ BizCon, which was great because I was talking to people I've honestly never met before. And they were, you know, it was really fun to just um, talk about the business and talk about it, how it pertained to what growth looks like. I would say, the theme of every conversation I had was, what are your next steps, right? That's what MJ BizCon's kind of focused on, right? Is what are the partnerships you're forming? What are the expansion plans you have? What equipment are you buying? Like, how do you get from, you know, point A where you're currently standing to, you know, point B, C, D when you leave here? And that's sort of the, the crux of biz in general is that everybody's coming together, building their plans and leaving and going and doing or purchasing their machinery, leaving and go doing. Um, the floor itself, to me is like the most incredible space for cultivators and manufacturers. Like it really is centered around equipment for lighting technology, growth technology, manufacturing technology, automation in general. There are where machine after machine after machine, nutrient line after nutrient line after nutrient line, um, LED lights. I can't tell you how many LED lights we saw. And so the floor itself was just a really cool place to be as a manufacturer and as a cultivator to just, you know, really see what new tech is happening. Um, so that was always fun. It, the floor is massive and overwhelming. And I, you know, it's so funny turning, like reflecting everyone's like, oh, did you see this thing? I'm like, no, I, I, I got even made it down that aisle, you know, but you plan in advance what you're trying to do. And um, from there. Um, I'm just going to hand feel... some tickets. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear you right now, but. Sorry about that. No worries. Like I said, multitasking, you're doing everything. No, I felt the exact same way at MJ Biz. Um, For me, it was fun because one day I walked around for a couple of hours with you. And then the next day I walked around even more and I was like, oh, I was in the same exact place and saw completely different things than I did when I was with Anna. And like, you know, that's also just being like, oh, I want to go to this. Oh, I want to go to that. And, you know, there's a whole different vibe. And it's like, it takes you at least five times walking around to actually see it but you know you were also somebody who talked on a a panel you want to talk about that sure i'd be happy to um 
So as far as being invited to MJ Discon this year as a panelist, as a speaker, that was definitely a new, a new step for me. And I'm very proud and honored that I was asked to do it. Um, we've been doing a lot of experimentation in our garden with LED lighting technology. And recently we've announced a partnership with um, TerraVera, which is an anti-pathogen solution for mold and mildew. Um, and we feel really passionate about that partnership. And so after talking with the people at MJ Biz for a couple of different interviews, um, they'd asked me if I'd come speak on a panel specifically about um, experimentation and cultivation and how automation can help. Um, for those of you who know me or have visited Sugar Trap, you know that we're a tiny micro tier garden and it's a little bit hilarious um, that, you know, my, my small uh, my small garden would be featured on such a level with these incredibly large scale cultivators that I sat on the panel with. But I was very honored and I feel like I was able to bring a little bit of a perspective of, that was grounding as far as what small businesses can look like, what smaller gardens can look like and how you can still have that level of experimentation on a smaller scale. You don't have to have, um, you know, a 40, 60,000 square foot cultivation facility to be able to try new things and to be able to create efficiencies in your garden. So um, I was on a panel with, um, really incredible cultivators. Um, Lightscale out of Colorado, um, Ryan Douglas, who's an amazing um, uh, just cultivator and he's written a book about seed from seed to success and um, the gentleman from Hawthorne. Um, and so we all got to sit and chat and talk about, you know, what specifically a lot of talk about automation and what bringing automation into your cultivation can do. And then talk a little bit just about, you know, labor incentives, how to have efficiencies in your garden, what to be looking for. And um, it was a really great conversation. And I think the thing that I got the most out of it actually was um, the people who came up to me afterwards and really wanted to ask questions about how they can make changes in their gardens. And um, it was really nice to just meet people. I'm talking about people from you know Baltimore, Maryland, people that I would never have met otherwise. Um, and so it was, that's the beauty of MJ Biz, right? It's really bringing the national cannabis community to you. And there's really few opportunities for that to happen because we're in our, you know, state licensed bubbles and we don't really get out and get to know what's going on. So um, it was, it was, it felt really connected. It felt really, uh, it was a lot of fun and I was so nervous and Mike coached me the entire day leading up to it and the day before. <laughs> and I can't thank no, you enough for, No, no, you did it all there. yourself. Uh, that was all you. I just, as, as the rogue, rogue person, I just slid in some stuff and I was like, you know, you should really say it to the Hawthorne guy. And then you're like, I'm not saying that, Michael, I'm not saying that <laughs> whatsoever, but that was good. And I thought that you crushed and did a wonderful job from all accounts, but yeah, that's Thank exciting. You. you know, getting to meet people from all over the country is, you know, one of the more fun parts of MJ biz. It was interesting for me to be walking around there and hearing people from states that just legalized and such, you know, being excited and also being a little bit uh, doe-eyed in it, just being like, oh yeah, we could do this and that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And like, you guys, you guys take it slow, take it slow, learn what you're doing and figure it out. You have no idea the waves that are coming after you. So totally. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because there were so many people that are just, just starting up emerging markets and really like, if you look at the content that they've curated, it really comes down to like, how do you start a grow? How do you start a brand? Like really the basics to like, you know, intermediate advanced levels of, you know, talking about can, um, cannabis culture as we've known it to exist and big, business to actually find a way to live together or not like really looking at what federal legalization looks like and what the national market looks like on that level so um and then also how to bring equity into cannabis in general too there's so much content i hate to say that i made i didn't make it to most of it 
but um, but it was a, it was just such an excellent time. And um, you know, MJ Biz is just one of many conferences that happened that week. Uh, one of which was MJ Unpacked, <laughs> which I was saying, gosh, I wish I could get down there. We did send a, a team member over there, which is essentially, you know, I say that at least the way it appeared to me, MJ Biz is the, the perfect place for manufacturers and cultivators to really um, level up on their equipment, level up on um, what they're bringing into their facilities. Um, and then this new event called MJ Unpacked um, is where a lot of brands specifically were hanging out. A lot of brands and retailers checking out new products and seeing uh, and looking for investment. They had an investment forum there as well. So mm. that's definitely something I'm eyeballing for the future when they hold those again. Um, but yeah, it was just altogether a really, I like to think of it as sort of like a jumping off point for most people as far as like when you leave that, you've got all of these new connections, all of this inspiration. So how do you make it happen now? So it was, it was a breathe some life and just these ideas, because sometimes plants can feel really stifled by the day-to-day, -day, like the big picture plans. And so I would say that the, the big picture for me going to MJ BizCon was just having that um, that vision reignited, re-lit re up as far as what are our next steps and in growth. And hopefully some of those national connections we just made will actually turn into things that'll bring our brand out beyond Oregon. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that was one of the interesting things for me is being somebody, you know, who's been in this since, you know, the dark black market days. <laughs> but being somebody from those days, like how much large scale business and larger business wanted absolutely nothing to do with it, where they're like, stay away from us. Just we don't want to be associated. The most association we would get is Home Depot carrying Fiskars, turkey bags and dehumidifiers at the front door during harvest season but like being there at this conference you know seeing a lot of these larger businesses coming in and being like okay we're we're opening up the door a little bit let's see you know what you guys want to do do you want to come in do you want to like what does this look like it felt like a lot of courting with larger businesses and larger money you know you talk about hawthorne you know and and that's an offshoot of larger business and it seemed like there was a lot more of that so it was like okay people are starting to come around and see see what's happening we're all kind of sniffing each other's butts seeing what's possible so that is an excellent way to put it um, but yeah pretty much yeah but sniffing at the dog park of cannabis. <laughs> um but it, but it did feel like there was like a genuine excitement and interest um, that's continuing to grow for, you know, national federal legalization and what that looks like. And I feel like that's the, the conversation sort of on the forefront of everybody's minds about what the, uh, you know, what the next steps are and whether that looks like, you know, multi-state expansion with licensing deals or if that looks like actually, you know, having a larger play um, with setting up facilities in different states, um, all with this idea of what export will look like, hopefully in the future. So um, it's just really exciting and uh, yeah I'm definitely still riding the, the energetic waves of, of leaving <laughs> Vegas well you got to have a lot of fun what was the most fun non-cannabis thing that you got to do there oh gosh well what's so fun about it is that everything I was doing was with cannabis people so it all felt like <laughs> the best parts of work you know I think for me and I know that you've interviewed Jane but um, Jane West is a partner of ours here in Oregon and we've had the the pleasure and privilege of um, bringing her many, many joints or many bats to market here and getting to actually hang out with Jane and hang out with Kate and the team was probably one of my, uh, my favorite experiences from this trip because we started our partnership pretty much during COVID. And so getting to actually be able to hang out in person, we went to area 15 together, which is the Malwolf, um, 
the Meow Wolf exhibit site and just get to see art and party and just connect on like a person level and not just, I mean, we always get to connect on a relatively person level when we're doing business, but just getting to hang out with people, really get to know each other as people. It's been, it was so much fun. Well, that's what networking is supposed to be. I always forget about that. Like a lot of networking, but then it's like, no, let's go, let's go do some stuff. Let's go see some stuff and just be humans together. And that always ends up making things a little bit better. So, you know, that's cool. Yeah. What we went to, uh, at least I was there at the after party, her after party up on the presidential suite. That was fun and trippy. She had a great group of people out there just shaking hands, meeting people, all that fun networking stuff. So, um, oh, yeah, that was one of the one of quite a few great Vegas views. But top of the Rio is uh, no <laughs> exception for great Vegas views. And, uh, you know, at least from when I was there, no one fell in the pool. So that was good. Um, so yeah, it's just a great me time. And, me and Tristan were debating whether or not I should do a cannonball into the pool just to make a networking splash. There was talk about it. So, well, both literally and figuratively, I think that would have definitely won you some points. But at the same time, <laughs> it got kind of chilly at night. So, yeah, it was, it was a little cold there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so when was the last MJ Biz that you went to? Was that before COVID? Yeah, it was 2019. It was literally just months before COVID because Biz has been, you know, typically it happens in early to mid-December each year. So mm. pretty much, you know, December, I think it was December 4th or something like that, went to MJ BizCon, came back, did the holidays. I did one other uh, event that I was a part of through the initiative down in LA. And next week later, the shutdown happened. So it was like riding these pretty big waves of, you know, networking and meeting people on a pretty grand scale and then oh never mind so, never mind i won't meet anybody for a year and a half now <laughs> but <much>. uh, yeah <laughs> what was it like uh, in 2019 what were the the big differences you think you saw well i think for me personally in 2019 there was no pre-roll technology and like Ooh. and if there was it was really little and so for me and my team that was another thing I actually got to bring team this year. Uh, in 19, I was the only one who went. I was there with, you know, friends and colleagues from the initiative, um, but none of Sugar Top staff went except myself. And this year I got to bring uh, two team members with us. And um, that was just so fun to be able to share the experience and not just come back and be like, guess what? This amazing thing I did that you'll never really understand because you didn't go to actually have, <laughs> you know, three people at the, you know, at our team go and get to experience it and have their own you know, opportunities. So that was, that was a big difference from 19 to, to 21. And then also just talking about the tech, um, you know, we've been as a pre-roll company looking for automation in pre-roll technology for a very long time. Um, and these things just started coming out probably at the end of 19, but they weren't really showcased on the floor the way that they were this year. I can't tell you every single call aisle pathway I turned down with another pre-roll machine and we're frantically vetting them to see if we made the right choice or not for the one we purchased like <laughs> how, how many does it roll how much does it cost you know like oh, thank um, god <laughs> yeah so, so that was a big one as far as like what we were there looking for um you know other technology obviously that uh you know continues to improve is just um sort of packaging and labeling technology in general um I think in a big way, I was, or maybe it just depends on what you're looking for. You know, like people say, it's like, oh, you just bought this car and then you start to see this car everywhere. Maybe it's like, oh, we just bought some automation and now we start to see that thing everywhere. But I don't remember seeing any pre-roll technology in 19. So that was a big difference for, for me. Well, I mean, just even I remember, well, Futurola had a humongous TV 
thing that was like two stories high almost but i remember when the pre-roll machines first started coming out it's like hey we do a hundred you know check this out and now the automation reminds me of the manufacturing company my dad used to work for that had cnc machines and you know the at the place they would build machines that inoculated the eggs for tyson farms and like now the cannabis industry is getting manufactured machines to do some of the tasks so it's like oh we're getting the cotton gin around here okay cool we're, we're doing something fun cool that's awesome yeah i mean it's really interesting because it's definitely changing the game and i think that's the other piece that's sort of like scary for you know small businesses looking at what's now available and coming out there is we're really changing what is you know competitive right we're changing what before when the knock boxes were the only technology out there but it didn't matter how large or small you were that was the tech that was what you could do um and now all of a sudden it's going to just be an exponential skyrocket difference from you know what those knock boxes can produce to what these large large scale automation machines these cnc machines can produce and so um i feel very you know privileged and excited to be um somebody who's jumped on that train and we'll see how that continues to change how we're able to uh to put products into the market. And um, that's just the big conversation for us right now is, you know, quality and quantity at the same time. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's usually the conversation, but I mean, the fact that you guys were there and a lot of small businesses don't even go there to me is a you know good sign for you guys, but you know, being a small business and being on panels with larger producers and cultivators, how do you feel about the move forward towards national legalization? Well, I think in a lot of ways, oh God, that's such a big question. How do I feel about it? I feel like I am excited for it. I want to be poised and ready to take advantage of it in the best way that we can. I think that um, we have a lot of conversations about this with um, you know, the board and um, circles with the Oregon Cannabis Association about what does that look like in the best way for Oregon cannabis? Um, how can we... Um, maximize from the export of Oregon products um, and not also see um, very, very large scale agriculture, agriculture, even international agriculture, um, beating down the prices for products so that we can all sustain growing high quality cannabis and having it be valued um, throughout the country. And so um, I kind of messed up that question, but I'm excited about it, but I hope we do it in a way that's regional. I hope we do that in a way that's um, really specific to how we can continue to keep you know, states in control of their own supply chains. So that's like my my answer to federal legalization and how that rolls out. But as a small business looking at that scale, um, and I call ourselves a small business because we're a really small cultivator as far as the tiers that you can be in Oregon and what that looks like. But as a, as a brand and as um, you know, uh, a brand that's looking to expand into multi-state um, operation, um, it just feels like we're on the precipice of big things. you know. And so it's just um, really believing in the brand that we've built as a company, really believing in the team we have and how we're going to be able to, you know, execute that, whether it's licensing or actually setting up new facilities. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a big step, but it's also not a big step into, you know, what the next thing looks like. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, I would say we've been in the market now for gosh, almost six, seven years. And so it's time to kind of look at what those next things are outside of here as well. Well, it is fun to hear you keep referencing back to being a smaller tier company. 
um, but also knowing how large of an impact you've made. <laughs> and like, even for the actual square footage of your flowering canopy to where you guys have taken it as far as partnering up with Jane West and other things like that, you know, I think you guys will be able to kind of crush it with whichever way you go with it moving forward. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been, you know, it's really been a passion project at the end of the day, as far as building a brand that we, we feel is like mission forward. That is, you know, we're actually maximizing the vision we have to, you know, build a larger community around the brand and what that means for you know, arts and cannabis and music and having a community that's really built on the foundations of what um, what those principles are and bringing community together. So um, at, the, at the heart of it all, it's just really fun to build a brand and that can exist, you know, in a lot of different places and spaces that, um, that hold meaning wherever you take it. Yeah, for sure. Was there anything that you disliked about MJ Biz? Or do you feel like you can say that? I mean, if you want, you can whisper so that only our listeners will hear it and the MJ Biz people won't, but. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> I would say in a larger way, I wish that there was an ability for me to be able to do more. I felt like um, I was kind of limited based on, you know, being having a certain engagement, wanting to take meetings. I wish that it actually spanned a little bit longer. If that makes mm. sense, like it's great because if we, if we did have a whole week and I mean, I, they kind of do span it out to actually a week, but for me, I was only there, you know, on the floor for like a day and a half and then speaking a part of it and then um, trying to meet up with other people while we're all in Vegas together at the same time, it just felt very crunchy and also um, didn't really make for a lot of sleeping time. And so, <laughs> so I definitely could have used more sleep while I was there and probably Wait, a few more. I don't think anybody sleeps in Vegas. I don't think what that city's actually built for is sleeping. No, definitely not. And I think that's probably why they hold it there because you just have to, you have to cram a lot into it just a few days. And so um, I think if there had been a, I would have appreciated a little bit more breathing room, some time and space around what all the things we were doing, but knowing myself, I probably would have filled up all my breathing room with other, other meetings and things. To I've, do, I've so. been around you. You do a very good job of filling up time in your life. So. <laughs> true. Yeah, what do you, what do you think uh, you guys' uh, sugar top looks like moving forward with MJ Biz? You know, how do you think you, you're going to attack it, you know, in the future? You know, I think we'll always send, you know, um, you know, Tristan's our operations director. We'll always send him there to check out the, the newest and greatest as far as tech and machinery and being able to, you know, be a part of that. Um, and obviously have our cultivation team be able to go check out what's what's happening on the floor. Um, I think as far as our participation in future MJ events, I'd love to continue to, you know, be able to speak and connect with people on that level. It was really a, such a pleasure to be able to, you know, to be in a room with um, such advanced people in the industry and have that kind of dialogue. So I'd hope to have the opportunities in the future to continue to be able to speak and and um, and to be able to grow the network that way. Um, and then also just really focusing on some of these other events that are related, like the Unpacked and really doing more brand focusing specifically, looking mm -hmm. for those expansion models and moving forward. So I, I don't think our participation is going to wane anytime soon. I think it's going to, at least for the team that's gone now, I think it's going to be like, okay, well, that's one year down. Let's already start planning for next year. And <laughs> I think we'll just get, get a little bit more efficient with how we, uh, how we maximize our time when we're there. I'm sure it'll be a paratrooper event where everybody has specific goals and go team, go, go blue team, go type of thing too. So, yeah, yeah. That was, that was very fun about this year was actually being able to be like, you do this, I'll do this and 
see you back at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Well, thank yeah. you very much for coming on. Is there anything else you want to shout out to our listeners or say oh, or gosh. tell them to leave you alone? Whatever you want to mm-hmm. say. No, I love it. It's just such an opportunity. Or it's such a fun opportunity to get to chat with you about this after being able to spend time with you in Vegas and, and live it and experience it together. Um, and just that this this podcast and uh, Mike and Billy are just incredible people. And I can't wait to hear more of the things that you're showcasing throughout the industry as you continue to move from state to state and, and really bring that home for everybody. So I'm just this happy is- to be here. This is a podcast, Anna. They can't see how much you're making me blush right now. So you don't have to work that hard. But thank you very much. And uh, I think another great success of an episode without Billy. Yeah. And that was awesome. And we don't need him. He should actually stay in Hawaii and really enjoy it. Just live on the beach. But we love you guys. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you. Thank you.